It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 1st, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, well, not much happened because, you know, Normal things happened on a Thursday night, and uh, it isn't really particularly newsworthy. No, of course it's newsworthy. The Orlando Magic defeated the Golden State Warriors at the Amway Center, tied the Charlotte Hornets, and actually lead them by percentage points for the final spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And it's the beginning of March, and we're still playing meaningful basketball. Not just meaningful basketball, but the Magic controlled their own destiny, kind of, sort of, maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. But the Orlando Magic taking on the Golden State Warriors and taking care of bit well, that's probably a little too too blunt, but getting the victory that they so desperately needed, especially after that loss Tuesday to the New York Knicks. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about what it means. We'll talk about what it means for the long term. We'll, we'll, we'll cover the game from just about every angle coming up here on the show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for uh, searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Want to get a better picture of the Indiana Pacers who defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday as the Magic head up to Indianapolis on Saturday? Check out Locked On Pacers. Trying to figure out what the Cavs did so right in beating the Knicks as the Magic played the Cavs on Sunday. Check out Locked On Cavaliers. You can find a Locked On Podcast for every single NBA team. The Hornets, want to know what the Hornets feel like on the outside of the playoff picture? Locked on Hornets is your place to go. You can find all these podcasts on iTunes or any of the places you download podcasts, really, by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. There's NBA, base, MLB, NFL, college teams, too, to get your daily sports fix, a daily podcast just like this one, covering the teams with excruciating detail, plus Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, all that good stuff. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team. Every 
day. I'm a little flustered here. This is, it was a wild night at the Amway Center. It was a wild night for the Orlando Magic as they take on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors come but once a year, and obviously they're a team full of star power, and even if you take away some key players like Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala, they are still a really good team. They're still a team that demands your full attention, your full focus. And if there's one thing this Magic team has done particularly well since the All-Star break, it's to pay attention to these kinds of teams, the teams that are at the top of the standings, and to play really good basketball against them. And, you know, for the first half, at least, Orlando did that. They, they kept Golden State from really getting going offensively outside of Stephen Curry making some three-pointers in the first quarter. The Magic defense just dominated the game. Just kept them under wraps. They took an eight-point lead into the halftime locker room and, and had the offense free-flowing and moving exactly how they wanted to. The third quarter, though, is always the quarter that belongs to the Warriors, and they took it to the Magic. A 30-11 advantage in the third quarter. Orlando's offense looked like it did against the Knicks in the fourth quarter. They were unable to get the ball moving, unable to get dribble penetration, turning the ball over, giving up opportunities, losing contact with Stephen Curry, and the rest would seem to be history. The Warriors up by 13 in the fourth quarter. It looked over. It really did. It looked over. But the Magic had another run in them. And as we're learning and as we're discovering, this team is actually pretty good defensively. This isn't just some fluke. This isn't some weird thing. And yeah, Golden State missed some open shots that they might normally make. But Orlando might actually be a good defensive team. Not just statistically a good defensive team, but an actually honest-to-goodness good defensive team. Now, it's still, like like everything else, it's still a small margin of error. You know, Nikola Vucevic struggled with, with high pick-and-rolls defensively for much of the game. Until the fourth quarter, he seemed to lock it down, and the Magic seemed to get the stops that they needed. That fed their fast break. That got Terrence Ross going, who finally started hitting some threes and started making some shots. And from there, it was a game. Ross tied the game up with about four minutes left to play, three and a half minutes left to play, and it was a game from there. It was about execution. It was about making the right play at the right moment. It's about making shots, and as Steve Clifford said after the game, it really just came down to making shots at the end of the day. And Orlando got the stops and made the shots they needed. Down the stretch, Golden State took a one point, took a two-point lead. Aaron Gordon runs a pick and roll with Terrence Ross. Draymond Green stays with Ross to keep him from shooting the ball. Ross feeds Gordon, and Gordon drains a three to make it a one-point Magic lead. Magic get a stop. DJ Augustin's coming down to the other side of the court. He catches Stephen Curry looking away for just a moment. Zips past him for a layup to give the Magic a three-point lead. Golden State misses a three. Orlando gets another basket. They're up five. It's unbelievable. And then in a critical moment, up by only three points with about 30 seconds to play, Nikola Vucevic has DeMarcus Cousins one-on-one. He gets a nice hook shot, a shot that you want Vucevic taking. Misses it. But Aaron Gordon is there to clean up the rebound, tip it back in, and give the Magic a 103-96 to victory. 103-96 to against the Warriors. To hold Golden State to less than 100 points is an achievement, even with the ran out. They still had Curry. They still had Thompson. They still had Draymond Green. This is still a very capable and potent offense. But Golden State's depth isn't what it used to be. That's very, very clear at this point. And Orlando was able to snuff them out. Orlando was able to just close it down just enough. Yeah, Golden State got loose a few times. Golden State kept the pressure on. You could just feel 
again, like I've said, that the intensity that is required to win these kinds of games. And unlike Tuesday against New York, Orlando rose to the challenge. Orlando had plenty of reason to be frustrated and to give in to that frustration. But they fought back time and time and time again. They rallied. They made the plays. They put Golden State on the back foot. And how many times has any team said they had Golden State reeling? They had Golden State playing without that that confidence and swagger that they have. Orlando was the one rolling. Orlando was the one that had the momentum on their side. And it just didn't stop. That'll happen in the NBA season, of course. and, And upsets do occur. But especially coming off Tuesday's game, Orlando did the things that they failed to do Tuesday night. When things got tough for the Magic, they didn't quit. They didn't abandon what works. They kept to it. They learned their lesson. And against one of the best teams in the league, again, I don't care that Durant didn't play. If Durant had played, it it is certainly a different game. The way they have to defend Durant and Curry and Thompson change. Orlando was able to keep relative contact with Thompson throughout the night. They did a good job kind of bottling up Curry, keeping him as a shooter rather than a passer. And they stopped Golden State from passing the ball. Golden State, really the key to Golden State's success is not the devastating three-point shooting of of Curry and Thompson. You know, that, that helps, obviously. But the key to their success is that they're a strong defensive team. Orlando was pretty good defensively all night. Uh, Orlando's final offensive rating in this game was 99, so not a great offensive effort. The Golden State still had a good defensive game. But the other key to Golden State's offense is their passing. Golden State with just 16 assists on 39 field goal makes. 12 turnovers. Orlando did a good job bottling up Golden State, keeping them from getting into their rhythm and forcing them to play one-on-one, forcing Klay Thompson to dribble the ball a little bit. When Curry goes 12 for 33 to get his 33 points and Klay Thompson goes 9 for 23 to get his 21, and you're really not getting any scoring outside of those two plus DeMarcus Cousins' 21, Orlando had their number. They played with the aggression and assertiveness on defense that you have to have. A great game plan by Steve Clifford. And uh, except for, again, that third quarter, really well executed. And Orlando was able to do enough offensively because their defense provided the backstop. If you, uh, and I, I would say this too, I did not think Orlando played a great game. They played a good game, especially defensively. But there were a lot of slip-ups throughout the game. The offense wasn't consistent. And yet, they still beat a really good Golden State team. Again, no Kevin Durant, but we'll, we'll, we can't repeat that enough. After Tuesday's game, this was the kind of effort the Magic needed. Gritty, hardworking, and most importantly, doing all the things they need to do to win. If Tuesday was a lesson that you can't get frustrated, you can't feel like any game is owed to you, that you have to go out and get it, this is a game the Magic went out and got. This is a game the Magic went out and took from Golden State. They wanted it more. They were willing to impose their will on the game, and they did. So the Magic get the rewards from it. Not only perhaps the biggest win that the Magic have had uh, really in the last six or seven years, 
defending defending champions on your home floor with a lot at stake in a meaningful playoff race late in the season. Again, it's March now. To finish a month 8-3, and three, by the way. And two of those losses were very, very close. You not only get that, you're now tied for 8th in the Eastern Conference, percentage points ahead of the Charlotte Hornets. You're now squarely in the playoff race where you throw up the Eastern Conference standings and national pundits are saying, yes, the Magic can make the playoffs. Like I've said, the sprint has just begun. This is a game the Magic can hang their hat on, but of course, also one that's going to be a precursor to more difficult days, difficult games ahead, or as difficult games ahead. Indiana is no joke on Saturday night. So you enjoy this one for a little bit, and you get back to work. Because yeah, you're tied, and yeah, you're kind of sort of in the driver's seat, but you still got a lot of work to do, and a long way to go this season. So no time to rest and celebrate quite yet. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Aaron Gordon leads the way with 22 points, 15 rebounds, 9 for 15, shooting 2 for 5 from the floor. Um, I thought that, I, I always say this about Aaron Gordon, when the offense is working, the ball just finds him. He, he's not someone that's necessarily creating a lot for himself, and I think that he still falls a bit into some of his bad habits with mid-range jumpers, especially when he has mismatches. Um, he's still, I think, trying to find the right mismatch or, or find a way to take advantage of mismatches, and sometimes he kind of drives back toward the regular matchup, and, and so it's it's I think his one-on-one game is still a work in progress, but when he's able to cut and slash and get to the basket and transition especially, he is a really special player. And again, when he is when when he is involved the way the magic want to involve him, or, or when he is when the magic offense is flowing and moving freely, he is making a difference. And when he's able to attack the glass like he did, because because Demarcus Cousins pulls players away from the basket. When he's able to attack the glass like he did on this night, he adds a different dimension to the Magic. You know, I think I mentioned this uh, in uh, on online during Tuesday's game against the Knicks. Nikola Vucevic is the primary rebounder for the Magic. You know, 13 rebounds in this game. The Magic really do need a secondary rebounder. And we thought Gordon would be that. He had really nice rebounding games early on in the season, but it's kind of tailed off. It's You know, he's about where he was as averages. Orlando needs a gang rebounding effort because Vucevic is going to get pulled away from the basket. He's got to help. Um, and so seeing Gordon attack the glass like he did on this night is a very, very good sign. And so I thought overall Gordon's energy was fantastic. I thought overall he did a great job um, uh, attacking and cutting to the basket when he could. Um, you know, certainly, you know, not the most stellar game for him, but but certainly good enough and certainly more than enough than the Magic needed in this one. He hits... Two very, very big shots. 
just great hustle plays, great reads, uh, reads on, on the play, diagnosing the play, and um, you know played some great defense when when, when it was called on. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, uh, one of his lowest uh, scoring outputs of the season, 12 points, 13 rebounds, 4 for 15 shooting, 6 assists though for him. Um, Vucevic has always struggled with the Marcus Cousins. Cousins just a big guy, uh, and Vucevic just, especially in the third quarter, really struggled defensively with Cousins. I thought Vucevic's defense for much of the game kind of reverted back to old Vucevic. He was setting kind of a lax line. He wasn't challenging three-point shooters and uh, certainly with Stephen Curry, you have to be able to challenge and press up on the screens to kind of crowd his space a little bit. Uh, he was sitting back way too far, and Curry got a ton of open threes because of that. In the fourth quarter, that changed, though. I thought Vucevic became a lot more physical, a lot more engaged defensively, and that really changed the Magic uh, up completely. Golden State scored only 15 points. The Magic outscored them 33-15 to in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it, it was a, a fantastic fantastic quarter for the Magic. And I think a lot of that had to do with Vucevic stepping up his game defensively and being the anchor defensively that he's largely been all year. Um, this is a, you know, you would have never believe that you could run a top 10 defense with Nikola Vucevic as your starting center, but that is what's happening and Vucevic is a big part of it. But he can still, again, it's, and I said this last year too, it's, it's literally a half step. It's literally... A little bit. It's the the difference between Vucevic being a plus defender and a minus defender is a very very small window, and 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 that's you know very emblematic of the entire team. And for the most part, his anticipation and and the way he uses his hands is close as wide in that margin of error where he can make a few mistakes and still recover. Golden State's a tough team for him to do that against because of the threat of of Cousins and because of the threat of Curry. Uh, and it took him a while to figure that out. But once he once he got that formula, once he got that anticipation down pr- properly. He really dominated this game, uh, or really did a good job defensively in this game. I wouldn't say dominated. Offensively, he struggled to move Cousins around, just couldn't get a shot to go, couldn't, you know, taking shots that he normally takes uh, and makes for this team. So just chalk it up as a bad shooting night. You'd like to see Vucevic get to the line more, only four free throw attempts. That did lead the team, though. Uh, but, you know, that's not his game really either. Uh, good to see him get others involved with six assists. Orlando, 24 assists on the night, 24 on 40, 40 field goal makes. So Vucevic with a solid, if not spectacular, if not uh, unspectacular effort. Uh, again, one of his worst scoring outputs of the season. Also, the, the big, big storyline coming out of Tuesday's game was the bench. Terrence Ross struggled again to shoot, struggled to get a shot going until the fourth quarter. He finishes with 16 points, four rebounds, five assists, five for 14 shooting, four for 12 from beyond the arc. That makes him one for two from inside the arc. So a lot of threes going up from Terrence Ross. You could sense a lot of frustration from him as he was missing, especially early in the game. But fourth quarter, he stepped up big time. Just a a stellar fourth quarter for Terrence Ross. I'll pull up the stats here on him. He uh, made three three of his six three-pointers in the quarter, 11 points. So a lot of his scoring coming in the fourth quarter, just absolutely vital to the Magic. Uh, getting back into this game. If he doesn't start hitting shots, you know, the Magic do not come back in this game. Plain and simple. And, and that's really the case generally with Ross. He, he's got to have things moving. He's got to have things going. Uh, and 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 when he does, the Magic are a very different team. They're, they're a team capable of beating the Golden State Warriors with just a quarter of really strong offensive play. So Ross obviously got the job done tonight. Uh, at the end of the day, I would say there were some 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 flaws there, but but he certainly did at the end of the day. Jonathan Isaac, a solid game, 12 points, 6 for 8 shooting, 4 rebounds, 
uh, one block. Um, not much to say about that game. DJ Augustin, 14 points, 6 for 11, shooting 2 for 5 from the floor, 3 assists. I thought he generally did a very good job keeping up with Stephen Curry, baking him a shooter rather than a passer. Um, and, and yes, Curry made some shots. He still scored 33 points. But for, for Curry to need 33 shots, 12 for 33 from the floor, 5 for 17 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, 6 assists for Curry, 3 turnovers. For, for Curry to be that inefficient because he's a very efficient shooter, Augustin deserves some credit for that. Yes, Curry got his points. I think part of the play, to, part of the game plan, was to make Curry a shooter, to make Curry uh, isolate Curry on the wings and have him just shoot, shoot and shoot and shoot. Um, Orlando got him to do that. Um, I think Orlando did a great job turning him into that kind of a player, and Orlando beat him up, beat him because of that. So I think Augustin deserves a lot of credit. Obviously, still gave up thirty-three points. You know, Curry got too open sometimes. Still got to be in in position to contest. But a really good strategy by the Magic. DJ Augustin was an integral part of that strategy working. So kudos to DJ Augustin there. Orlando shoots only 44.9% from the floor. Like I said, they only had a 99 offensive rating. To beat the Warriors with a 99 offensive rating is incredible, incredible defense. Orlando makes 11 of 31 shots, 31 shots from beyond the arc. Golden State, on the other hand, 40.2% shooting, 9 for 40 from beyond the arc, just 10 free throw attempts for the Warriors. They score 96 points. Uh, which is I, I would be I'd be pretty sure is their season low or, or certainly one of their season lows. Stephen Curry, 33 points on 12 for 33 shooting. Clay Thompson, 21 points on 9 for 23 shooting, including 3 for 12 from beyond the arc. And DeMarcus Cousins, really the only guy that, that provided a good boost for them, mostly in the third quarter too. 21 points, 11 rebounds on 8 for 16 shooting. The Orlando Magic defeat the Golden State Warriors 103 to 96. They improved to 29 and 34. Now, now tied for the Southeast Division lead, as well as the eighth, as well as eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, so technically in the driver's seat. Not really though. Charlotte does have two games in hand. They play two fewer games than the Magic. So the Magic are percentage points ahead of the Hornets, but the Hornets still have two chances to make up that 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 distance. Uh, so not quite in the driver's seat. Not quite in control of their own destiny yet. The magic number for, for the team to clinch a playoff spot is 21 with 19 games to go. So lots of work still to do for the Magic, but a, a big win at the Amway Center uh, for this team at this moment. Hopefully a confidence boost and hopefully a reminder of exactly the kind of focus they're going to need the rest of the way. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Tuesday was undoubtedly a a trying day for the Magic. Um, I got so many tweets from from people and just just conversations I had with Magic fans, uh, just general frustration, which which is understood that the team couldn't finish off the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And you know, there's you know, where we live in the age of the internet, where there is hyper, where everything is, is, is hyperbole. You know, everything swings from run ex- one extreme to the other. You know, you, you win a great game, 
everyone's happy, everyone's confident, everyone believes that you're going to accomplish all your goals. Every You lose a game, everyone's like, they've wasted the whole season. They should have just tanked from the start. We knew how bad they were. Why are we even doing this? You know, this this is a barrage anyway, you know, because Vooch is going to go and all that stuff. Or if this team doesn't have a ceiling beyond the eighth seed, it's ridiculous to even be trying. You know, that's that's the world we live in today. And, and get it all out. I'm here to take it. I'm I'm the I'm always the measured voice of reason. You know, even in this game against the Warriors, end of the third quarter, Magic are are, are trailing now by 11. And I I said, you know, it's been a tough tough quarter. Magic are down by 11. Still a lot of time to get things right. You know, they they played well, and I got I mean I got slammed for that. You know, I got I had people you know who were like not against this team. You know, I was like, you know, with that attitude, no, it's not going to happen. But the fortunate thing is, this Magic team doesn't have that defeatist attitude. Whereas, maybe in the 2017 season, that might have been true. Certainly even last year, I I could say that, that there was this feeling of, here we go again. And I'm sure we've talked about it this year too. That there was this, this always this, this shadow over several of these players. That when things started to go bad, they went bad. A self-fulfilling prophecy. Even success always felt momentary. Because, you know, not that they didn't learn lessons from the past. They were so cognitively aware of the past that it ended up repeating itself anyway. The thing they were trying to prevent is what happened, is what occurred. And the vibe about this team is just so different. The vibe about this team, you know, previous years, if they would have lost that game to the Knicks, it would have beat them again on Thursday. Probably beat them again on Saturday. And that effect would snowball. But this team is different. Like I said, the, the vibe about this team is there is this energy about playing competitive games this late in the season. I think everyone can feel it. The fan base can certainly feel it. And if the fan base can feel it, the players can feel it. But not just that there's that energy about and that motivation about playing meaningful games. It's a sort of quiet confidence that they're going to figure it out. That, that there is a positive mindset. That when they make a misstep, that when they make a mistake, or that they don't bring the right approach, that they're going to fix it. That they're going to bring the right approach. That everyone sort of fits into their roles and contributes to the team getting better. You don't make a comeback like this without confidence that you can do it. You don't beat a team like the Warriors and, and really dominate them defensively without the knowledge and belief that you can do it. And what's different about this Magic team from the last six years is they believe they can do it. I don't know what the Magic's hashtag or what their playoff promotion is going to be. It won't be blue and white ignite this time. I think they're going to put that one to bed. But the one thing 
that I think is vital, or, or the one thing that I that I that that I began tweeting after the game that that I feel encapsulates this playoff run is to simply believe. I've been banging my my fists on the table on this podcast, online, everywhere I can I can tell tell you, saying what I've seen from this team throughout the year, even when they were struggling, was they are good enough to make the playoffs. That was my analysis. You could go back and listen to archives from the lowest moments of the Magic season. And I will probably have said that within a few days of that moment. That this is a playoff caliber team. At the All-Star break, I implored everyone to believe. To know that this is a playoff team, and at this point, not making the playoffs would be a disappointment. They've put themselves in that position. And I got, I mean, not to get, not to make this too personal, but I got laughed at. I got scorned at. I was like, they would take a bad loss and say, this is a playoff team? Even in the third quarter of this game, I would say, like, if the Magic play like this, they are not a playoff team. And yeah, that, that part's true. But, you know, people aren't willing, ready or willing to believe yet. The result of this game should tell you exactly what this team is capable of. The result of this game, and not just the result of this game, but how they won it, and how the players interacted with each other on the floor, on the court, on the bench, shoot, even after the game, should tell you that this team has it. That thing they need. to. That thing they need. That chemistry, that internal excitement to go to work, to continue to get better. And more than anything, beating this Golden State team after losing the way they lost to the Knicks in, in a frustrating, sort of selfish game, the Magic came back and played unselfishly. They won with their defense. Their offense disappeared, and they still found a way to come back, to keep themselves in it, to give themselves a chance. They stuck with it. They believed in what their coach was preaching and what each other could do. Kenny Smith on Inside the NBA after after the Jazz Nuggets game on, on Thursday, I thought had a really interesting quote, really interesting thing, that observation that he had about this Magic team. And they're playing really, really well, and it's easy to look at the stats and, and maybe say this, but but I you know, I don't know how much of the Magic Kenny Smith has actually watched. I think he actually watches a lot of the league. I think I mean he's he's one of the best analysts out there. He said, and I, I'll agree with this observation, from, from the five-minute guys to the 20-minute guys, everyone plays their minutes well. And if you're a playoff team, that's what you have to do. Like I said, I wasn't so worried about Tuesday's loss. I think Clifford even said when he watched a tape, the Magic missed a lot of open shots. They got the shots they wanted. The issue was more defensively with the fouling and then frustration that the offense wasn't working. This is a young team, and young teams struggle to understand your defense should feed your offense, not the other way around. 
Your defensive effort should be consistent, and that will boost your offense rather than allowing your offense, whether you're making shots or not, to feed your defense and feed your defensive effort. It's a tough thing for young teams to learn. And in that game, the Magic didn't get the minutes they needed from the bench specifically. You know, Terrence Ross missing all, missing all the shots that he missed left a pretty gaping hole in the Magic. And that's an aberration. Like, yeah, it, hap- it ha- began happening again in this one, but then he figured it out. Then he made that next step that he had to make. And so, you begin to see all these threads coming together. Everyone playing their role. Filling in gaps when guys do take a little bit of a step back. Nikola Vucevic had a bad game and others were there to step up. You see a team playing for each other. And really, the basis of any strong defense is trust. Is the faith, the belief, the trust that if I help my teammate, one of my other teammates will help me or he will help me back. And you know, maybe that wasn't completely there in previous iterations of this team. It's there now. You can see it in how everyone's developed this year. How Jonathan Isaac, who was a poor three-point shooter, gets the ball still and is now confidently shooting threes. You see it in how the Magic continue to win games with their defense first and shoot up the defensive ratings in the NBA. It's precarious, of course. The Magic, it could fall apart at any moment. It's not something that you take for granted. But at the same time, this Magic team has overcome blips in their focus. Blips in their intensity and their energy. They've overcome them all. And given themselves chance to win. Chances to win. Given themselves big victories. And most importantly, given themselves a chance to make the playoffs. The Orlando Magic already believe. They already trust each other. They already think and know they can make the playoffs. That doesn't mean they're perfect every day. There will be losses that they regret, that they let slip through their hands still to come. This is a long journey. This is a hard season. This is a hard schedule, no matter what Tankathon might say or what the, what the strength of schedule makers might say. How they respond to them and how they've responded to it throughout this season has shown just how much they believe they can accomplish their goals. And all that's left is for you to believe. All that's left is for you to trust that the Magic will pull through, that the Magic, you know, will be able to fight and and give this thing the best chance they can. 
All that's left is for you to believe the Orlando Magic will make the playoffs and accomplish their goals. Make noise. Give a team a run for their money. Score an upset. That's all way off into the future. Still six weeks away. There's still a lot of work to do. But the Magic believe they will get it done. And Thursday night was absolutely proof that they can. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Don't forget to go back to yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic where we previewed the Orlando City season with Austin David uh, of the Orlando Soccer Journal and Community Sports Report. That's on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic. Orlando City kicks off their MLS season at 2.30 on Saturday. Uh, that game's on Univision. Uh, if you're looking for it on TV, if you can't make it to Orlando City Stadium, should be an interesting season for Orlando City. Uh, as, as Austin and I discovered, there are a lot of similarities between the Magic and Orlando City. So here's hoping Orlando City has a season just like the Orlando Magic are having this year. Maybe maybe a little bit better. Well, we'll see. But it's going to be great to have Orlando City Soccer back up and running. More sports in Orlando is always good, and especially if those sports can be winning. And, and the Orlando Solar Bears are playing well, too, down at the Amway Center as well. I know they got a big game against the Florida Everblades, I believe, on Saturday at the Amway Center. Maybe it's in Jermaine. I don't remember. Um, but definitely check out a Solar Bears game as well as they're in the middle of their playoff push, too. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We list, we named our third quarter MVP of the season. You can guess who it is. But to find out who it is, definitely go check out orlandomagicdaily.com or follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. The Orlando Magic again defeat the Golden State Warriors 103-96. to for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.